Oh. <laughs> I think I shared last week in the rhythm of the Holy Spirit that God is changing our thinking and our perspective on some things. And one of the things was that I shared last week was that we live from a perspective that we rest from our work. We work, 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 and then we rest. But the, the biblical view is that we live or work from our rest because it was evening and morning the first day. It wasn't morning and then evening. It was evening and then morning. And God is teaching us to live from a place of rest. So when we're going through a battle, when we're going through a circumstance, we are living from that rest. We are praying from that rest. We are declaring we are, you know, from that place of rest. Amen? I want to just take a, a, a moment today because uh, Rod's, Rod's speaking next Sunday, so we look forward to that. Then obviously we've got uh, guest uh, ministry the week after. And then after that it's sharing, um, sharing Sunday. So it's going to be four weeks until I get to speak again. So I want to just bridge what I was sharing last week to what I believe God is getting me to share in the future. Give you a bit of something to meditate on. Is that okay? It's really good. We've, um, we've finalized the dates for our September gathering with Wes and Jen and Hopefully, Katie, it looks like Katie may be coming up too, hopefully. Pray about that one. She's really keen to come, if it works out. The 9th to the 11th of September will be our awakening conference for 22. Okay, there's three people that are excited about that. That's our awakening gathering over the Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 9th to 11th of September. You know... There is a, and you've heard me say this before, but there is a restoration that is happening. And sometimes I would like it to happen a lot faster than it, than it is. But I know that God, is, His timing is perfect. And I'm reminded about that sometimes when I'm driving around Bundaberg, particularly on, say, out to Bagara where I live, and I get caught behind cars that are only doing 70 in an 80 zone. And if you know me, I like to drive the speed limit and maybe push it a couple of kilometres. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, when, <laughs> so when someone is driving 70, I'm like, oh my goodness. But I'm so aware in those moments that we just want haste, 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 haste. And God is going, it is the enemy that rushes you, I guide you. Satan rushes you. If you feel rushed into a decision, rushed into a circumstance, rush, rush. If you rush into a decision, you probably need to step back and go, well, hang on a minute. Before I fully commit to that decision, I actually need to come back. Because the enemy wants to rush you, God will guide you. But there is, a rest, so there is a restoration going on. Last week I spoke about, you know, being a people of the Word and Spirit. Amen? Does anyone remember that? Cool. Can you tell me what I... No, just kidding. It's really good to have things on Spotify and iTunes and on the website because you can go back and listen to it again. You can pick up stuff that you missed because we can only take so much information in. 
There's only so much that we can take in. And even today, the Holy Spirit will, 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 will accent different points to you depending on what's happening in your life. And that is the beautiful thing about the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that you're all hearing the same message, but He will accent different points that are relevant to you in this time. The Lord has been speaking to me of late about the kingdom of God. That's where I'm going to go come August, to speak about the kingdom of God. Because so much of our thinking is church thinking, particularly those that have been brought up in church. Our thinking can be church-based. So when we read Scripture, it's based on what we think rather than on the truth of the kingdom of God. Because Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom, the good news of the kingdom. Yes, it's the kingdom. And that's why he said you must be born again. You cannot see the kingdom. You cannot enter the kingdom unless you were born again. And I don't know whether we fully grasp that. Because it's like we kind of partly go through the waters of baptism, up to our waist maybe. And we take some of the kingdom with us, but then we take a lot of our own stuff with us. And we just keep adding that on. No, no, he says you must be born again. We must be fully immersed. We must be fully washed. We must be born again. That means that everything from your former life is, is gone. Your patterns of thinking, your ways, things that you understood, everything is old. That's what it says. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has... Remains around? The old is gone. It's passed away. And the new has come. And so I encourage you, when you're in the Word of God, read it from a different perspective. Say, even pray before you get into the Word and say, Lord, show me a fresh perspective on this passage. Show me the view of the kingdom. Show me what you are saying. Because it changes everything. It changes the way that you see things. It changes the way that you treat people. It changes all kinds of stuff. And that's what Jesus came to bring. We are citizens, citizens of heaven living on earth. We're not on earth trying to reach heaven. Jesus said that, that he has seated us in the heavenly realms in him. Amen. We are citizens of heaven. We are born again. We belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And so when the world, when the things are happening around us, it shows us the areas. If we're a little bit shaken, it shows us the areas where we need to understand the kingdom more. Because the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Woo! I got ghost out of my grandpa's Bible because it's an old King James. Sorry, it's a Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, you know what I mean. There's some good old-fashioned revivals, wells in this nation that God is wanting to redig and rebirth in this nation. You know, I find myself listening to stuff lately from Vineyard in the 90s and all this kind of stuff because it's wells of revival. It's when people encountered God and the Spirit of God was moving and lives were being changed. It's like there's some good stuff in there. You know that song that we sing sometimes, um, You Are Holy? You know, that's from the late 90s. Isn't it fresh? 
It's fresh today. In the Spirit, it's fresh. And when we sing it, everyone you know, rises up to sing it. So there is a restoration that is going on. I want to speak, I want to use the word returning today because there is a returning. There's a returning to the Lord, there's a returning to His ways. And returning to the Lord is a theme that's right throughout Scripture. Because what happens is that man is with God and then things start going really good and so man turns away from God and then things start going really bad so then man returns back to God. If you want to read the, the Old Testament, you just keep going around in circles. Things are really good. Things are not so good. Lord, help us. Save us. Oh, things are really good again. God would send a prophet. He would send a leader. He would send someone who would speak to the people and there would be a repentance. There would be a returning to the Lord. It's right throughout Scripture. In Jeremiah, I just... Do you want me to read you a couple of verses that talk about returning? One person said, yes, that's all I need. <laughs> Jeremiah 24, verse 7 says, I will give them a heart to know me. Isn't that so nice? <laughs> they would know me. That I am the Lord their God. They will be my people and I will be their God because they will return to me with all their heart. Isn't that so good? Lamentations, chapter 3, verse 40. Let us examine our ways. Doesn't that sound like Psalm 139? Lord, search me, test me, try me, see if there's any offensive way in me. Lamentations 3.40. Hands up who's read Lamentations lately. Okay, we've got three, four, wow, see, come on, all Scriptures God breathed, come on. Let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. That is a good thing to do sometimes, saying, Lord, is there any area in my heart that has turned away from you? And I need it to turn back in faith, in love, hope, joy, peace. Joel chapter 2 is probably one that is more familiar because the book of Joel is spoken about at Pentecost. In Joel chapter 2 verse 12 it says, Even now this is the Lord's declaration, Return to me with all your heart and fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not just your outer clothes or your garments. And return to the Lord your God for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in faithful love. All the way through to Revelation chapter 2, when the church in Ephesus were doing great things, but he said, but that Jesus saw their heart and he said, you've left your first love. And what did he say to them? Remember the height from which you have fallen and repent and return. And I believe in the midst as of as we've been over this two or three year period, that in the midst of that, that the Spirit of God is moving amongst the church, moving amongst the people, you know, putting the call out, will you return to me? Will you return to me? Will you return to me? And it's really easy to go, I haven't wandered anywhere, God. I'm all right. And then things happen and you go, oh, maybe I'm not all right. 
Where do I spend all my time? Where do I spend all my energy? Where do I put my finances? Where, what do I, you know, like, you, and you go, oh, maybe there is areas in me. And I believe that the Spirit of God is moving, and you've got to hear me for this. Just you've got to hear me in this, because my heart is for unity, amen? Because unity shows the world the glory of God. Jesus prayed that, that we would be one, as He and the Father are one. But I believe in this time that there is an actual sorting out of the sheep and the goats. Those that are truly following Jesus all the way and those that are like goats, you know what goats are like. Well, actually I don't because I've never, ho- never, never had a goat, but I know that Brooke and Tammy and stuff like goats, like... But what I do know of goats is they, they're just like stubborn and they're just like eat, they just like eat anything. Well, I don't know, but I've heard some people say that they've nicked, nicked undies off the line. Okay, well, we won't go there. <laughs> but the Spirit of God is moving. The Spirit of God is testing hearts. The Spirit of God is like looking at hearts saying, will you, will you follow me? And I believe in this time that there's a bit of that because, because it's the fellowship of the Spirit, isn't it? He said, make every effort to keep the fellowship of the Spirit. Make every effort to keep the fellowship of the Spirit. There's something that's happening, I believe, that God is, that in the midst of what is happening, that people are, are making a declaration, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord, or people are actually drifting off back into the world. That's what I see happening in our nation. And so, you know, the census may say, have you, have you read the reports? You know, you, you can read everything in, in more than one way. The census has come out lately, and of course the media has picked up on it, and it says now less than 50% of people in Australia class themselves as Christians. So the media picks up on that and goes, see, we're not a Christian nation. We are definitely not a Christian nation. I look at that from the other perspective in that there's never been 50% of people in our nation that are actually Christians. They have some form of godliness, but deny the power. They're not really all in for Jesus. So in the time of what's happening, people are just going, yeah, no, I'm not really into that thing, so I'll just tick the no religion box. You see, it's not... How many born-again, spirit-filled believers are there really in, in this nation? If we've got 10%, we're probably, I reckon that's probably the ceiling at this point in time. So, you know, the, we don't, you can look at it from a negative or you can go, you know what? No, this is actually what the Spirit of God is doing. He's actually testing hearts saying, are you for me or not? Jesus is saying, will, will you live for me or not? Will you take up your cross and follow me or not? Is that all right? I'm glad I've got my front row down here. A returning to the Lord means a returning to His ways as well. You can't just go, yeah, I love Jesus, but then just live contrary. It's like when someone has your heart, when someone has your heart, you want to do the best for them, won't you? When you return to the Lord, you're returning to His ways. 
It's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. That you're, that you're standing upon the Word and you're living by the Spirit. Remember last week, that's what we talked about. That we stand upon the Word of God and the Spirit of God is there waiting for you to agree with the Word of God and take that step. And when you take that step, the Spirit of God then empowers you to do that. And we spoke about giving. We spoke about forgiveness. We spoke about different verses in Scripture that we know that are truth, but the Spirit of God is waiting for us to step into that truth in that moment. Is there an Amen. When you say, I cannot forgive that person, and yet we know that the Word of God says, forgive one another as I have forgiven you. Is there an amen to that? But in you, you're going, Rrr. but the Spirit of God is right there going, will you forgive that person? So as soon as you agree with the Word of God, forgive one another as I've forgiven you, you make that step and they go, I'm going to forgive you, Wendy. Not that I have anything to forgive you, but... It's like there's no one here or there, so you're the next in line, okay? I forgive you, Wendy. The Spirit of God then begins to do something in this moment. And then I think, you know what? I've got to back that up because the key to breakthrough is follow-through. I know that's one of my little sayings, but it is, that it, it is true. The key to breakthrough is follow-through. If you think you've got a breakthrough, you actually need to follow through with it to actually really get the breakthrough. So in a forgiveness point of view, as you go, I forgive you, Wendy, then the, then the follow-through in that moment is that you start praying for her. Not just once off, pray for her every day. Pray for her every week until your heart is actually in line with God's heart and you truly have forgiven her. Is there an amen to that? It's the same in every, in, like in every area, but, the, but we are returning to His ways. You know... One of the verses of Scripture that I use, um, which was just coming back to me when I was praying about this, was in 1 Corinthians 13, when David had said, we need to bring the ark of God back amongst the people. It had been captured by the Philistines, and we know the ark of the covenant was about the, the, the glory, the, the presence of God amongst the people, and they would go and inquire of the Lord, and there's all kinds of stuff to do that, but we won't get stuck there today. But David said, we, we must get the ark and we must bring it back amongst the people of Israel. Yep. And so we read in 1, 1, 1 Chronicles 13 where it doesn't go well. Because the Lord had a way for the ark to be carried, didn't he? The priests, Levites, carrying it. Can you imagine how much gold would weigh? Can can you imagine the cost? Can you imagine the sacrifice? Can you imagine almost the blood, sweat and tears that it would take to carry the Ark of the Covenant? I think there's something in that because I think our Friday prayer meetings are like that. I think we, we, like, we, we like pressing in and we're like, we like declaring some things and we like carrying some stuff because the world wants it the easy way. And there's too much of the world in the church. And David realized that putting it on a new cart with like wheels being towed by some oxen where they were all like, woo! But they weren't actually doing anything. The oxen were pulling the ark. He realized, oh, oh we did it the wrong way. And in fact, that is how, if you actually read the whole passage, that is how the Philistines moved the ark. They put it on a cart, and they had the oxen, and they pulled it. How often does the church try and do things the world's way, rather than return to God and do it His way? 
We need to be a people, I keep saying this, we need to be a people that return to His ways and do it His way, not the world's way. Okay, I've got one person that's happy about that. I said we're going to return to His ways, we're not going to do it the world's way. So we need to get into the Word of God and we need to align ourselves with the Word of God because the Spirit of God aligns with the Word of God. So then David had the epiphany. Why did I do that? And in chapter 15, this is what we read. No one but the Levites may carry the ark of God because the Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of the Lord and to minister before Him forever. It didn't work last time in verse 13 because you, the Levites, were not with us the first time for we did not inquire of him about the proper way. Wow. Let's be a people who inquire of God and seek him at all times. Is there an amen? Let's be a people that seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And you know the Greek for righteousness in that passage is his, his right way of living. We are seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That is His right way of living. We seek Him and inquire Him about all things. Amen? This returning is a step-by-step -step thing because we can only truly return to the ways of the Lord if we get humble and we surrender and we bow our knee and we say, Lord, we are nothing without you. And apart from you, we can do nothing. We're wading into the deeper things of God. That's why as we engage in worship, there is more happening in the spiritual realm than there was 12 months ago. There was two years ago because we're, deep, because we're going into the deeper things of God. What, what, what will it really be like as we keep wading forward into the deeper things of God? You know, I have a vision that someone who will walk through that door or wherever we're gathering at that point in time who doesn't yet know Jesus and they will just give their life to Jesus because they will encounter the presence of God like that. Speaking about that, here's Gypsy, hey. He gave a life to Jesus during the week. Hey. She's in the front row. She wants more. <laughs> I have a dream where, and we've seen it at times, but I have a dream where people come in sick and they leave healed. I want to wade into the deeper things of God. Not so we get a name, but so Jesus gets the glory. Oh. I think it's like Ezekiel 47, the principle that as we go deeper in God, He is causing His waters to rise. Be thou my vision. That was used in the revival in Belfast, Gary, Welsh, the, the, the Irish, and then the Welsh revival. I remember that. Oh, I don't remember that, but oh, I wasn't alive back then. Ezekiel 47, got to get back on track. Ezekiel 47, 
as they kept on measuring and wading out, you know, from the throne of God, every time they measured out, it got deeper. And I think that as we, as we step out into the things of God, the water starts rising. And the water has been rising. The declarations in people's lives is the water has been rising. God is doing more in people's lives. God is, you know, and sometimes it's in the battle, isn't it? Sometimes it's in the trial. Sometimes it's in that. But in the midst of that, the water is rising because he's actually building a faith in you. Do not grow weary in doing good because at the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. That is a truth. That is a foundational truth on the Word of God that you can stand on. I will not grow weary in doing good because I'm going to reap a harvest if I do not give up. So as we, as we take steps, though, the water starts rising, and the water starts rising, and the water starts rising until it's all of Him and none of us. He's taking us deeper into love, deeper into fellowship. He's taking us deeper into His presence, deeper into His glory. He's taking us deeper into His Word and into the things of the Holy Ghost. Amen? He's taking us deeper in faith. He's taking us deeper in our prayer life. And He's given us a revelation of the kingdom of God. And I am more convinced than ever of what God wants to do in our nation. Because it is His kingdom come and His will be done. Whatever allowed in heaven is allowed on earth. And what is not allowed in heaven is not allowed on earth. But God is trying to build a resilience and a faith and an overcoming spirit in His people that says enough is enough. We will get on our knees and we will pray it in. So I'll see you all on the street Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Thank you. I guess what I want to try and ooh, hit today before we finish is that in this returning, there is a reclaiming of normal Christianity. In the returning, there is a reclaiming of normal Christianity. Because what we have in our nation today, as a general comment, is not normal Christianity. It is normal by the world standard, but, is, but it is not normal by God's standard. So we, he's, and that's why he's calling up higher, us up higher. Remember, like last week. Because this is the world standard. No, no, he's calling us up higher. Higher. There is a reclaiming of normal Christianity. And if you don't understand what normal Christianity is, just read the book of Acts again, and you will see signs of normal Christianity. Yes, there were issues that needed to be dealt with, but they dealt with them. Yes, there was stuff that was happening, but they dealt with it. But there was so much happening in there that God is saying He's looking for a people in this end time harvest that, 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 that will stand and see normal Christianity reclaimed. Are we okay? It, it, was normal in, it was normal Christianity in the book of Acts to pray together. It was. Whenever there's a problem arise, they would call a prayer meeting and they would get together and they would pray. And at times the building that they were in was shaken and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit again. But that was normal Christianity. 
The enemy wants to isolate us. He wants to separate you, you know, because you lose that, that, that strength in numbers. No, if there's a crisis, is it, if there's a situation, call upon some people, even if it's three or four, and have a Holy Ghost prayer time. I remember, she gave me the nod, when Graham was diagnosed with stage four cancer and Alyssa got us into the chapel. He was up in the room only expected to live no more than two weeks. We didn't know that. Alyssa got us up in the chapel And I remember that weekend because Stephen Atkins was here. We had a Saturday night concert. We had other stuff going on. And Stephen was here, uh, played some songs for us in the morning. And here we are at the chapel. The chapel was full. The grass was full. There was people absolutely everywhere. And I share that because it's popped into into my spirit because Stephen said, he said, I have never seen Christianity like this in my lifetime. Did you get that? Maybe I need to say it again. Not the whole thing. He was someone who was going through a battle for his life, a family. And there was like 70 of us with no notice up to the hospital, worshipping, praying, standing in the gap for our brother. And Stephen said, I have never seen Christianity like this. And yet, it was normal. When people are going, and we had it this, this week, this yesterday, the team was down the street, and people were literally saying to them, enough of this Jesus, don't speak anymore in the name of this Jesus in Bundaberg. Bundaberg doesn't need Jesus. That, like, that basically happened down the main street yesterday. Well, when that happened in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 4, they said, no, nope, we're going to hold a Holy Ghost prayer meeting, and we're going to get together, and we're going to pray. And we're going to say, enough is this, Jesus is Lord, and we will not proclaiming the name of Jesus. That's normal Christianity. It was normal to love. Man, you just read the book of Acts. And look, I did have a heap of scriptures down here, but with time and everything else, read the book of Acts. Just just start at chapter 1 and just work your way through. That's a great thing to do in, in your homes this week or over the next couple of weeks. Just read a couple of chapters a day. It was normal for them to love. It wasn't just a case of, I love you, Krista. We love you, Krista. And then it was like Nick and Krista have nowhere to live. Sorry, you're just going to have to find somewhere else. But the love was actually shown. It said that they sold possessions and goods and they gave to anyone as he had need. How different is that to normal Christianity? Where people go, well, well I don't even give. You don't, you what? No, I don't give at all. Wow. And yet in the New Testament, we have people that were selling possessions and goods and they were giving to people who had need. Wow. 
That's love. Because love is an action. Gavin and Haley still need somewhere to live. They thought they had a house, but it's fallen through. They got a caravan, though. So if someone's got somewhere to park their caravan, let them know. That's a good start. You see, that's, it was normal Christianity to help each other. It was normal to be discipled. You read like Paul said, I stayed with them a whole year, preaching the kingdom to them, demonstrating the kingdom to them. I stayed with them a whole year. It wasn't just a flit in and flit out moment. It wasn't just a bunch of people that would turn up to church every second Sunday. It was a group of people that realized, you know what? I need more. And the only way I can get more is, 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 is to actually position myself for more. And that's why when we do have conferences and, you know, and, and maybe people go away for a conference somewhere else, they get so strengthened and they get so built up. Why? Because it wasn't just a one to our meeting. It was three and four days of getting together in the presence of God and the Word and the ministry of the Spirit and you get built up. If you just went to the gym once every two or three weeks, it actually really, really wouldn't do much for you. This is why we value home groups. This is, this is why we value prayer meetings. This is why we value points of connection because we need to be in those places where we are built up and strengthened. And as we align with that, we will multiply. There will be an acceleration in our life. I, I, I tell you this because God is not a liar. If you give of yourself to God and you start putting aside 30 minutes every day in worship, prayer, and the Word, just in yourself in your own time. 30 minutes, you see the acceleration that will start to happen in your life. Is there an amen? I'm not trying to make you feel guilty here. This is, this is, this is not coming from a place of law. This has come from a place of grace where the table has been set and you're coming to partake of it. But the truth is that if you do that, you will see the acceleration in your walk with Jesus. No wonder the enemy wants to make you so busy and your head so full of stuff that you don't have time for that. Because even he knows the truth. It was normal to be discipled. It was normal to naturally demonstrate the kingdom. They just lived, and as they lived the life, they were aware with what the Holy Spirit was doing. Acts chapter 3, when they went to the beautiful gate, the glory gate, the eastern gate, and there was the man that, that had been crippled since birth, and he would sit there. Yep? Know the story? He was there all the time. Every day, he was there. How many times had believers passed him? How many times... Had he already been passed? You see, we, we have to be led of the Spirit in that moment because sometimes we want things to happen, but it's not the right time. Jesus said, I, I do that which I see the Father doing. And so whatever happened that day as they were going up to the beautiful gate, the eastern gate, the glory gate, this man says, give me some money. And whatever happened, there was an interaction of the Spirit in that moment and they knew and they said, still, look at us. Sorry, I'm picking on you. You're in the front row. Look at us. Silver or gold I do not have. But what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. 
Thanks. I'll go for a walk, Kathy. It's good. <laughs> you see, it was normal. It wasn't weird. It, it, it wasn't flesh, like trying to make stuff happen. It just naturally happens. You know, Bill Johnson coined the term, I don't know whether he coined it or someone else, naturally supernatural. But that's, but that's what it is. You are a supernatural person, being. You've been born again. Even though you die, you live. The world can't understand that. What? You die, but you live. You're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. You are seated with him in heavenly places. You are like a stranger, like an alien now traveling through. But you are traveling through and you are called to make an influence for the kingdom of God. It was normal Christianity for people to be saved. It was normal Christianity for people to encounter God. It was normal Christianity for the gifts of the Spirit to be moving, for tongues, interpretation of tongues, fire, healing, signs, wonders, miracles, love, joy, peace, all that stuff. It was normal Christianity. And guess what? It was normal to be generous. It was normal to live life together. You know, I remember um, a few months ago when it wasn't winter, we were talking about living life together and we talked about having a meal together and then I put my foot in it and I said, okay, you can all come to my place for dinner. Those that were here then will remember that. But what did we have? 50, 60 people in my, just in our backyard. I said, I said to Bonnie, hey, hey, hey babe, we've got some people coming for dinner. But, you know, they live life together. I remember the, the, the first church we ever pastored. It was a little country church. And there probably wasn't as much to do in, in a little country town. But, you know, every Sunday when we finished, we'd be going, whose house are we going to now? Literally. And there was a group of us that went there. And we'd say, you get chips, you get the chicken, you get the salad, you get stuff. And, we, and we'd all go to the shop, the same shop, because there was only one shop in this little country town. And we go, hey, what are you getting? I'm getting the chips. Oh, good. You know, and we'd go through there, but we'd turn up at that person's house and we would spend all afternoon together. The kids were playing. People were praying. People were sharing. It was normal Christianity. And somehow we've got to get rid of our watches. Somehow we've got to get rid of the timetable that the enemy is trying to put on us and we have to get on God's timetable. So who's, who's, who's going to open up their house? Woo! I was going to say, you, you, you just got a little two-bedroom unit. That'll be interesting. But we should do that. I mean, it doesn't have to be fully organized, but we could say, hey, next Sunday, someone's opening up their church, uh, their church, <laughs> their home church, because we are the church, opening up their home, and we're just going to go as the church and we're going to just be there. And if you can't come, you can't come, that's fine. But there's some others who will go, I'll come. There's 20 people or 30 people or 40 people, whatever. You know, you know what I mean? They actually live life together. They didn't come to an event. I hate event Christianity. 
with an increasing passion where we think an event is going to do it for us. No, it's not. Because discipleship is lived 24-7. And we're called to live life together. We're called to live life together. And it's in that life exchange that discipleship happens. And as discipleship happens, things change. And that is why people, everyone put up their hand and said, my life has been changed since I've been here. Because there is an interaction that is happening. There is an engagement that is happening. You cannot stay the same. Amen? Okay, I'm nearly, I'm fi- I'll finish now. Okay, good. I only need one person. That's all good. I'll do it for the one. I'll, do, I'll try to wrap it up quick. It's all good. And it was normal to face warfare. I guess that's what I wanted to say. We can focus on the generosity, the love, the sharing, the prayer, the stuff, but it was also normal to face warfare. So if you're facing warfare, take courage because Jesus said that. Take courage for I have overcome the world. They will persecute you. They will mistreat you, but take heart for I have overcome the world. It was normal to face warfare, but the thing in the warfare is we don't deal with it in our own strength. We deal with it in prayer and we deal with it together and we deal with it in the Holy Spirit. We want to, we, do we want to reclaim normal Christianity? Well, that wasn't so convincing. Do we want to reclaim normal Christianity? Okay. This is what the Spirit of God is doing in the midst of so many other things that He's doing. But it's a returning to the Lord with our heart. And therefore, it's a returning to His ways. And it's a returning to normal Christianity. When I first started in pastoral ministry, I was very impatient. I was very impatient. I'd be like, drag people kicking and screaming. Come on, get on, let's go. But after 20, nearly 25 years, the Lord leads us. Step by step, encounter by encounter, word by word. But you feel the tug of your spirit, don't you? And you go... I want more. I'm feeling encouraged in my faith right now, but there's something in me that says there's there's more, and I want more, and I want more, and I want more, and I want more. And that's the thing that that, that keeps me going in the moment where you feel like quitting, where you feel like giving up. Deep down, there's a stirring of the Holy Spirit that goes, but wait, there is more. And it just takes one moment for everything to change. It literally takes one moment for everything to change. Uh, music team, do you want to come back up? And I believe in the, that we are in the midst of what's been... Um, I, I believe that, you know, Brooke, was it Brooke? Brooke's unwell today. The aisles are unwell. Julie's unwell. There's this coldy, fluey thing going around. Just keep praying for each other. Hey, so many people are unwell. But Brooke shared last week, prophetically, about Gideon's army, didn't she? That was last week, wasn't it? Wasn't the 32,000? It was the 300. 
was the 300. God is looking for a people that will have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And He causes us to do it together. Every part connected, every part functioning as it's meant to function. I so appreciate the diversity of the gifts, the, the diversity of the ministries. You know, early on, in it, early on in my prophetic walk, I used to think that I heard everything and I knew everything. Until I realized that, you know what, God placed other people around me that also had something that was from God to say. And I remember meeting with two or, two or three other prophetic people every week. And we would worship together and we would pray together and we would hear together. One prophetic ministry to another to another. It was a beautiful thing. So let's be born again again. And what I mean by that is, let's discover the truth of the kingdom. Not what man has said, not what religion has said, but what God says. Let's not walk according to the ways of the world, but let's walk according to the ways of God. And let's continue to go on this journey of returning to Him with everything that we have giving everything to Him. Let's continue to go on this journey. Let's allow Him to, wait to, to, to lead us into deeper water and deeper water and deeper water and we will see what He will do. As I always say, if you need someone, grab someone. Get someone to pray with you. Get them to lift up your arms. Get them to encourage you. Whatever is needed, don't go through it alone. Go, go, go through it with God and with, and with other people around you. Let's reclaim normal Christianity. I want to strongly encourage you to read the book of Acts. And maybe I'm sharing Sunday in three weeks' time. You can come back and you can share what God has been showing you through the book of Acts. I've got two people that are nodding. That's a good idea, isn't it? What has God been teaching you and showing you through the book of Acts? If you need prayer for healing, you need prayer for encouragement, you need prayer for anything today, the prayer team are here. Let's just use this song as a response where we lay our lives down afresh.